welcome to this bonus episode of the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this special bonus episode, I'm joined by beauty industry stalwart and general manager of Aesthetics RX, Nicola Kropak. Nicola has 20 years of senior management experience within some of Australia and the world's biggest beauty brands. I personally started trialling the Aesthetics RX product portfolio in December of last year and I have been really, really impressed by the range. And you know I always trial for at least a month before I even start talking to a brand about working with them. So when the opportunity to chat with Nicola one-on-one arose, I took to Instagram to ask you, the Glow Journal audience, to submit your questions on wrinkles, fine lines, skin elasticity and age spots so that Nicola could help us bust a few anti-aging myths. In the name of transparency, this episode is sponsored by Aesthetics RX. However, this conversation is not at all about pushing products onto you. Nicola has decades of experience in beauty and she's so passionate about and holistic approach to skin health. So the goal here is not product placement. As per all of our bonus episodes, it really is about giving you the objective information that you need in order to make your own informed decisions. Now, this in mind, if you are interested in trying any product from the Aesthetics RX range, you will receive a complimentary 50ml C serum, which is one of my personal favourites, if you enter the code GEMMA, all caps, at the checkout. As per all of our recent episodes, this conversation was recorded remotely, so I have made the entire episode transcript available on glowjournal.com so you can read along as you listen. To find this transcript, simply visit glowjournal.com and search Aesthetics RX. In this episode, we've taken the questions you submitted on the visible signs of ageing and passed them on to Nicola. From whether or not topical skincare can actually do anything for skin firmness and what's really causing fine lines and wrinkles, through to the best course of action for age spots and pigmentation, and how young is too young to be using retinol. So I thought that it might be best to begin broad and then hone in on a couple of more specific listener questions. So to start with, we hear a lot about skin aging, but what are the signs of skin aging? We'll hear about fine lines and wrinkles, but are there other signs of the skin aging that we should be looking out for? Oh, yes, there definitely are. And it's true, you know, most people talk about lines and wrinkles, um, especially when they're young, because they're trying to avoid them. They're looking for preventative measures, Gemma. But, and it's, it can be horrifying to think, oh, no, I'm going to end up with lines. But if we start to think about the appearance of an ageing skin from a 360 degree perspective or a global approach, that's more... Uh, how we should be thinking about it because it's really the sum of all the parts that contribute to the appearance of an aged skin. So it includes things like not just lines and wrinkles, but pigmentation, loss of elasticity, 
toxicity, things like pore size and even capillary damage. All of those things can contribute to what we see as the overall aged appearance. Yeah. We'll often see products marketed as being quote-unquote anti-aging, but given that you have just mentioned a few different signs of aging, do we need to be using different products or different treatments or whatever it might be to target each of those signs individually? So say, for example, a cream for wrinkles and then a serum for age spots or similar? Yeah, I mean, there are products that can treat all of the things. um, But if you think about really the formulation of that, uh, it would mean that you you would have to have multiple ingredients going on in there and you'd have to probably cut back on some percentages of those key actives that you might ordinarily have as a lot higher in a product that was targeted to that particular concern. So I think it's best to kind of follow on from that premise that I said before was that there's multiple contributing factors to the appearance uh, of an aged skin and therefore there's not a single panacea or cure-all for all of those things in one little jar. Being able to combine all these things, we'd need to be able to treat all the signs of ageing in one formulation. It's tricky and it could be pretty expensive as well to try and do that, to be able to include all of the different actives that you would need. and like I said, we for, for us at Aesthetics RX, one of the things that we work on and we're very strict about is using the correct therapeutic dose of the active ingredients in our formulations. So if we were to try and jam everything into one jar to treat all the signs of ageing, we might have to um, cut back on some of that percentages of those actives and we're not going to do that. So we rather combine three to five key actives in one product um, that will treat a particular concern or issue with the skin and and that way we know that we're going to get much better efficacy if we can operate that way. Let's hone in a little bit now perhaps we'll start with fine lines and wrinkles in as much or as little detail as you wish what actually are fine lines and wrinkles and what's causing them fine lines and wrinkles are literally the result of collagen and elastin breakdown and the degeneration of all the components and structures within the deeper layers of the skin the dermis Um, it can also be stiffening of the extracellular matrix also in the dermis of the skin, which is normally spongy and plump and full of fluids and things like hyaluronic acid that make the skin full and plump. Um, You might have also heard of uh, cross-linked elastin or collagen, and that's when that extracellular matrix kind of becomes a bit stiff and, and hard, and that can also contribute to the appearance of lines and wrinkles. So when I'm training our therapists, uh, I I like to use as many as analogies as I possibly can. And I talk about the skin being, if you can imagine a, a mattress, this will give you a visual of what I'm talking about 
inside a mattress, you know, there's springs and there's coils. If you think of those as being like the elastin and the collagen in the skin, and then there's all the stuffing that goes in between those um, coils. And that is the extracellular matrix that's filled with um, fluids and um, components that keep the skin spongy. But you know, over time that um, as that mattress ages, like our skin, those coils start to become less bouncy and the, the stuffing or the fluid in between those coils or our skin becomes to a little bit compressed. So on the surface of the mattress, you see it starting to cave in. It's a little bit the same as the skin. <laughs> That's a great analogy. <laughs> So it works well for our therapists, yeah. Now, you mentioned in there hyaluronic acid, which obviously we know is great for improving the skin's ability to retain moisture. Is it true, this is a listener question, is it true that dehydration can exacerbate the appearance of those fine lines? Oh, yes, definitely. If if your body is not hydrated, then, um, you know, things aren't going to be functioning well. When the skin is dehydrated, that extracellular matrix or the stuffing in the mattress isn't as plump as what it should be. And you get that kind of caving in appearance and, and that would be the fine line. So yeah, you definitely do need to stay hydrated. And does drinking water help with that at all? Or is this where we do need to be applying things like hyaluronic acid? Yeah, drinking water will definitely help, but it's not, again, it's not the thing that's going to fix that problem of dehydration. If you think about the uh, barrier function of the skin, for starters, on the surface of our skin, we have a, a, a combination of water and lipids or oils that work to protect uh, from moisture loss or evaporation of, of water from the skin. So it's not just water that will keep it hydrated. If you need to replace the lipids on the surface of the skin as well, perhaps if they've been stripped off, for example, by maybe using too many um, chemical peels or something like that, uh, you get transepidermal water loss. So sometimes it can be a matter of drinking the water, but also kind of sealing it in, if you like, by replacing lipids on the skin surface as well. Um, using hyaluronic acid, I mean, hyaluronic acid is the predominant mechanism for skin moisture, and it really is very heavily involved in the aging purpose. So that hyaluronic acid is like the sponge that holds moisture in the skin. So drink the water, maybe reinforce the skin with some good quality hyaluronic acid, but also some lipids for the surface of the skin too. While we're on fine lines, I've had a number of listeners ask about lines specifically around the eye area for obvious reasons. Most mm. of them have asked, do we really need a separate eye cream? Uh, everyone's got a different opinion on this. Um, they do. 
<laughs> My personal opinion is yes, we need a separate eye cream for around the eyes. I'm one of those people that has lots of different allergies going on around the eyes. And if I, I find, if I use something that's a general cream for the face, even a sunscreen actually, for me personally, I can get lots of irritation in my eyes. So that's just one thing. Eye creams tend to be, or we formulate eye creams so that they have less uh, irritants, less um, fragrances, less colours, less things like that, that would be likely to cause irritation. So that's one aspect. And then the second thing is that around the eye area, you know, the skin's very, very fine. It also doesn't contain any sebaceous glands, the oil glands. So um, eye creams tend to be formulated specifically for that type of skin. So they are formulated quite differently. And then there's all sorts of other things like um, puffiness and dark circles. We put um, ingredients into our eye creams that will treat those types of issues as well. So, yep, I do think you need a separate eye cream. You mentioned dark circles and under eye bags, which, of course, you know, we want to use a specific eye cream to treat. Are those signs of ageing too or are those just signs of not getting enough sleep? Um, probably a combination of both. But right. if you think about when we age, um, just like every other system of the body, um, the, the functions of the skin start to degenerate. They don't perform as well as what they did when we were young. And things like microcirculation in the skin can become a little bit sluggish. And that's when you might start to notice um, dark circles and, and puffiness underneath the eyes. Also, if the capillary, well, when the capillary walls start to weaken also when we age, you get a bit of pooling of fluid in that area as well because fluid will leak out of the capillary wall and into the tissue around the eyes and that's where your puffiness come into play. So it is a combination of two things. You want to get good quality sleep. You want to live a healthy lifestyle. But um, unfortunately, as we age, those dark circles and puffiness may get a little worse. This is the million dollar question because it came up so many times. Is it at all possible to diminish the appearance of wrinkles or plump them up simply by using topical skincare? Yes. Um, yes. We, when we use topical skincare, we have to remember that there's a limit to how far these ingredients can um, travel in the skin. So what we're treating with topical skincare, particularly over-the-counter in clinics, salons, um, department stores, that sort of thing, you're treating this, the superficial layers of the skin. So you're not going to be able to stop or reverse ageing, but you can definitely improve the appearance of ageing. So for example, um, premature skin ageing, where you've got photo damage, we can apply uh, ingredients that will improve cell turnover so that pigmentation doesn't look as bad, for example. Going back to what we were talking about just then with, with dark circles and puffiness, in 
our uh, formulations, we use proprietary blends of multiple uh, peptides in those blends that can treat that particular concern of puffiness and dark circles. So we can improve the performance of the skin functions with, with some of our uh, ingredients um, that would work on things like microcirculation and to improve the strength of those, that tiny capillary network that's kind of close to the surface of the skin. Uh, yeah, so yes, we can. The answer to that is yes, we can. <laughs> Excellent. So if we are looking at using topical skincare to treat those fine lines, I know you have just touched on a few, but what would you say are the key or like the hero ingredients that we should be looking for in our skincare? Yeah, there's there's quite a few. I like the use of peptides. Um, and But like I mentioned earlier before, there's no one cure-all ingredient. So it's usually a combination of things that we would use together for example, in you know one of our anti-aging creams for the face at Aesthetics RX, we, we have multiple uh, types of ingredients and they're all really the gold class ingredients. So I like um, Argeline. This is uh, a peptide that is quite well known actually and it affects the nerve to muscle communication so that muscle, superficial muscle can't adequately contract um, and and form lines and wrinkles. So there's that. Um, Argelina also stimulates collagen synthesis and that's what we need to keep those coils, uh, those mattress coils, if we remember back to that, to maintain and build, rebuild the structural support in the skin. Like I said earlier, we need to consider um, lipid-based ingredients that will help reduce transepidermal water loss. So I like ceramides for that. Ceramides, um, this is a bioidentical ingredient and, and we use them a lot in our skincare. Bioidentical ingredients are, um, they're, they're identical to components that are already present in the skin. And therefore, when we put them in a formulation and, and apply them topically, the skin recognises them and can use them virtually immediately with, without having to go through kind of processes before they can uptake them and use them at a cellular level. So ceramides are a good thing. This is one of the oily phased ingredients that will protect the surface of the skin prevention of future lines and wrinkles, but also trapping that moisture in. We also use a tonne of antioxidants. Mm -hmm. um, so the vitamins A, C, E. We also use ferulic acid a lot. Um, for example, in our C serum, we combine um, vitamin C, vitamin E and ferulic acid. That combination is extremely powerful. C and E, those vitamins are already powerful antioxidants, but then when you combine it with ferulic acid, for me, ferulic acid is like the master antioxidant. It's like the antioxidant for the antioxidants. So it really protects the skin. It helps to brighten the skin and can uh, reduce the effects of oxidative stress or 
um, the signs of free radical damage that comes with exposure to pollution, UV light, that sort of thing. We we use resveratrol, uh, which we use um, very colourful fruits uh, when we choose the botanicals for our range. And they, we do that because they are very, very rich in antioxidants. Um, then there's a few other things like we, we use um, stem cells from, from a rare Swiss apple. And the reason that we do that is to help protect the stem cells in our own skin. So in the lower layer of the epidermis, we have um, stem cells and they are responsible for regenerating um, cell division, the, the, the primary cause of the skin renewing itself around about every 30 days. But when you age, those stem cells become damaged by free radicals, so pollution, you know, the pollution, the UV light, that sort of thing, and just the general aging in itself. So using um, protective mechanisms to, to protect those basal cells is something that we do and it's this particular uh, Swiss apple stem cell that we use in our products to help do that. Um, we also use hyaluronic acid so we've mentioned that before uh, and you know, there's other things like retinol of course. Yes okay perfect segue because I wanted to ask you about retinol. <laughs> Because, mm -hmm. of course, of course, this popped up over and over when I asked people to submit questions. One listener has asked, how young is too young to begin using retinol? Yes, it depends on what you're using the retinol for. For example, we use retinol uh, to treat acne, actually. And therefore, if you've got a teenager who has acne, we're going to recommend retinol. So I've used it uh, on somebody that's as young as 14, 15, 16, but that's for the treatment of acne. I'm not going to be using retinol on a teenager for anti-aging purposes or prevention of, that's, that's not what I would do. But when, when somebody starts to show the signs of premature skin aging, and that's usually from the age of 25-ish, that's when I would be using retinol for the purpose of anti-aging. I mean, just remember, we can't stop the aging process, but we can definitely um, make the signs of aging look a whole lot better. And, and retinol, of course, is one ingredient to do that. This is a really broad one, but what does retinol actually do to the skin? Well, the first thing is it's, uh, it's a derivative of vitamin A. And we mentioned earlier that vitamin A actually is a powerful antioxidant. So that's the first thing to remember. And probably something people lose sight of because most people know retinol is doing something else. It is powerful in its ability to neutralize free radicals in the skin and also to stimulate and boost the production of collagen and elastin because it's an antioxidant. But retinol also works to minimize the appearance of lines and wrinkles. It 
um, improves the skin's thickness and elasticity. It helps slow down collagen breakdown. Uh, it lightens brown spots on the skin and, and pigmentation. And it can do that because of the way that it triggers cell renewal. So it works by um, promoting surface cell turnover, die off and lift off, which then makes way for fresh cells to come up from that basal layer we were talking about earlier, uh, come up to the skin surface. So it's its primary function and probably what people know it best for is it the way that it improves cell turnover. You are providing me with so many good segues because I wanted to ask about this. We know that retinol does stimulate that cell turnover so it can help to lighten age spots. But what actually are age spots? I had so many listeners write in to ask, are age spots just the same as sunspots or are they something different? They are the exact same thing. Aha. Uh-huh. So they're, <laughs> they're, they're both the same thing, but they're a common form of hyperpigmentation. And obviously they appear as the small, flat, darkened patches of skin that uh, can be light brown to even quite dark and black. Um, in some people, they, they're mostly, you see them from about the age of, of 40, but they could occur earlier. And they are caused by an increased production of melanin. That's the natural pigment that we have in our skin that gives everybody um, colour or not in their skin. And melanin acts as the kind of natural sunscreen in the skin by protecting it from from harmful UV lights uh, or rays. And that's how and why people tan in the sun. But if you are overexposed to the sun, it triggers increased amounts of melanin being produced and transferred into various cells of the skin. And that is what you see as sunspots or age spots. So is there anything else that we can be doing to fade them? Absolutely. The first thing you need to do is obviously to wear a sunscreen. That's number one, Um, because that will be the thing that's preventative and it also stops them getting any darker. But we also recommend the use of ingredients that are tyrosinase inhibitors. Uh, things like vitamin C, for example, or pyruvic acid. These, these types of ingredients will downregulate the um, process of melanin production in the skin because they stop that very first trigger point happening by um, preventing the action of tyrosine. It sounds a bit technical, so probably that's as far as we would go into the science of it. But there's definitely ingredients that can help to stop that melanogenesis process or or at least to downregulate it. Yeah. A number of listeners have asked about pigmentation and its link to ageing. Two questions. Are these linked? And secondly, would the best treatment for pigmentation be the same as that for age spots? Yes, um, pigmentation, it is linked to ageing because you might tan your skin, you might be overexposed to the skin when you're in your early 20s. You might not see the result of that until you're in your 40s. They're most definitely linked. Uh, you, Yes, you need to wear a sunscreen 
uh, from a little kid right the way through. And that is definitely going to be the best possible prevention for pigmentation, sunspots, and of course, premature aging in general. Now, what about the actual firmness, the plumpness, if you if you will, sorry, of the skin, so the collagen? I had several listeners write in to ask if topical skincare or ingestibles, things like supplements, if either of those can actually affect our collagen stores or are injectables, things like Botox, anti-wrinkle injections, are they the only option here when it comes to collagen? All right, so I'm going to start with the last little um, point you made there about Botox. Um, So Botox doesn't work like collagen at all. So Mm -hmm. lots of people confuse Botox with fillers. Um, Botox works to relax lines and wrinkles on the surface of the skin. So it's completely different. Um, If somebody's wanting to use an injectable to maybe plump the skin, uh, then they're talking about fillers. So they're, they're two different things. Um, but to with topicals, so with skincare, yes, we can definitely help to plump the skin. And we do that with the ingredients that would help, first of all, to protect collagen from, from degenerating any further, but secondly, to stimulate collagen synthesis. So that's things like vitamin A or retinol and vitamin C. So yes, uh, there are definitely ingredients that can restore plumpness to the skin. Uh, And also hyaluronic acid, which we've spoken about also. That's uh, the thing that will bind moisture to itself. It draws moisture from the deeper layers of the skin it draws moisture even from the atmosphere actually binds it to itself and in that way makes the skin look um, more plump now regarding ingestibles there's you know this there's a lots of different opinions on on this and there's probably just as much evidence to contradict efficacy as what there is to support it. So it's not something that we have in our range. It's probably not something that I talk about because there's so many differing opinions of it. And um, But what I do talk about a lot, and especially in my field, which is linked to uh, clinical treatments as well, is microneedling. So it's yes. my opinion that if you're wanting to trigger collagen synthesis, that is your go-to. That is proven. There's no doubt about it that this is a professional in-clinic procedure that uses tiny microneedles to penetrate the skin in a very controlled environment. And the little um, punctures or the micro injuries that the therapist um, or doctor even does with the microneedling stimulates our own body's natural repair process, which is the rebuilding of collagen within the skin. It's safe, it's efficacious, and there's no two ways about it. It works. I'm obsessed with it. If, <laughs> yeah, if that's of any use to anyone. <laughs> I, I received a number of questions about the neck and the decolletage, 
What would your advice be to anyone who wants to keep this area looking young? I've had one listener ask, should I bring my facial skincare down to my chest or do I need to be using separate products for that area? Just bring your skincare products down to the neck and the decolletage. It's a bit different to the eye area where I was talking about you need um, slightly different products because we tend to have other concerns around the eyes like puffiness and dark circles. We don't have those concerns on the neck and the decolletage. The concerns of the neck and the decolletage tend to be the same as the face. So loss of elasticity, uh, pigmentation, fine lines and wrinkles. So definitely bring your sunscreen down onto the neck and the decolletage uh, and definitely remember to put your sunscreen there as well. This is, you know, that's one of your best preventative measures, I think. But for me, I had um, a lot of pigmentation down the side of my neck. Uh, I, I think it probably had to do with uh, p- perfume use when I was younger, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Um, but I have found since I've been using lots of vitamin A and C in my skincare regime that that has literally disappeared now. Amazing. Yeah. I had a couple of listeners, I'm glad you've talked about sunscreen and prevention because I had so many listeners asking about prevention rather than trying to reverse all of these signs of aging down the track. So what should women and men be doing in their 20s if they want to try and keep the skin looking younger for longer? Okay, so in terms of topicals, it's most definitely sunscreen. I think people don't understand or maybe forget that UV light is one of the things that – causes the breakdown of collagen. Uh, So use the sunscreen because it's going to prevent that. Um, But also use topicals that are very rich in antioxidants. So your vitamins A, C, E that we were talking about and ferulic acid and all the colourful fruits that we would use in our formulations. But it's also lifestyle, yeah, because um, I am such a firm believer that a beauty really does start on the inside so for example it's it's your it's your diet it's um not smoking not um not having too much alcohol those sorts of things not having too much sugar in the diet because if you think about sugar just on its own uh it is it is something that causes inflammation in the body and this is aging so it's not just about topicals, it's about lifestyle as well. A nice sort of all-encompassing note to wrap up on. I've had one listener ask, what is your number one tip to prevent or reduce the visible signs of aging? <laughs> well, I'm going to give you two. One's Excellent. a topical, <laughs> one's a topical and one's something a little bit different. Uh For me, you cannot go past retinol or vitamin A or the retinoid family. Uh, It's gold class. It's, for me, the number one type of ingredient that helps to reduce signs of premature skin ageing. It works on the surface of the skin. It uh, helps to improve cell turnover, but it also stimulates collagen synthesis and protects, as an antioxidant, those support structures in the skin. 
So that's for me the best. But then another thing, and I'll go back to that uh, subject that I raised earlier about inner health. Uh, I am really somebody who's very, very engaged and almost possessed by, by wanting to improve internal wellness. And so I would say that reduce um, sugars, like I said, but also learn to manage your stress because stress is one of those things that triggers the release of um, inflammatory causing hormones like cortisol. And, you know, research has found that having too much cortisol all the time from chronic stress can cause inflammation, which then triggers, you know, all of the uh, premature skin aging uh, responses. So learn to manage your stress. That is such good advice because whenever the year, this is many, many years ago now, I had had been really lucky with my skin and then I had an unbelievable breakout. It was like something just clicked and my skin went, nah, you, you're going to cop this right now. And then I went to a dermatologist and she was asking me about my lifestyle and I was going through a particularly stressful period of work and she's like, that's what it is. Absolutely, oh, that's what it is. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's because of the... Um, uh, the adrenal, the way the body responds to stress is that it releases the adrenal hormones, so adrenaline, cortisol, things like that. Um, the body's not designed to have those things floating around in it all the time. Um, those types of hormones are usually just for the flight or fight response mechanism that we would need to be able to run away from a dangerous situation, for example. But stress um, causes them to be all the time in the bloodstream and that causes inflammation. Inflammation causes breakouts, just as you said, Gemma, but also you know, the formation of lines and wrinkles. That was Nicola Kropak, General Manager of Aesthetics Rx, which you can find on Instagram at AestheticsRx Skincare or online at aestheticsrx.com.au. And don't forget to use code Gemma at the checkout for that complimentary C serum. To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and